What's Trending. All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. Number one on what's trending, little update from Chiefs practice. Our guy Pete Sweeney out there, defensive tackle Chris Jones, who's dealing with a groin injury. Donovan Smith, still the neck. Trey Smith, an illness. Kadarius Tony is hip. Rasheed Rice, hamstring. Legereus need calf. Not practicing today. No surprises except, honestly, Kadarius Tony. He was limited yesterday. But, but yeah, the fact that he practiced and then was limited, now he's not practicing. Uh, Pete did also mention that Isaiah Pacheco was back at practice after missing yesterday. So I don't think he's going to play, but just a good sign to, to see that he's back at practice. I'll be curious to see how Travis Kelsey, because I think it'll be fully up to him whether he plays this week, how he decides to handle it. He could just be like, hey, team over me. I think it's Pete Sweeney had put to us, right? So it could be that, but 16 yards, dude. I feel like I just want to get out there for the 16 yards, get the 1,000, eight straight 1,000-yard seasons. You already got the next closest guy by a million. I get it. The streak has to end at some point. I understand. But still, I feel like I'd want those yards. Unless he's hurt, I do think they end up giving him an opportunity. But, I mean, Andy said yesterday, he's like, so what are those conversations like? He's like, uh, one-sided. I I know Travis is in a unique spot. I think it's Travis's call. See, I, I think when I heard one-sided, you I think was, it's Andy's call. One-sided meaning it's my call. I think, <laughs> now, it's, Travis, I think it's Travis's call. I think like just I, let him choose. I, I think Andy will let I, – so I think we're both saying this. Like, yeah. I think it's Andy's call, and Andy will let him choose. That makes sense. Like, yeah, sure. Know, sure. I, think, like, I think that's sure. probably what's happening with him. But I think you'll just go to him and just be like, "Hey, you want to play or no?" Yeah. Like, do you want the thousand yards? I'll try to get you the thousand yards. If that number is good enough, and you feel like you've gotten the number high enough, then let's move on with our life. Next up on what training, the Chiefs did have five Pro Bowlers named. We just listed the ones who didn't get in: quarterback Patrick Mahomes, tight end Travis Kelsey, Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, and Chris Jones, all elected to the Pro Bowl. They had a couple of alternates as well, as we mentioned, Legeria Sneed. So they'll have a chance for even more than that. Obviously, same thing normally applies. Hope they don't have to play in this game and none of that matters. You know, that they don't even have to concern themselves with going to Orlando. And of course, it's not even a game anymore. It's just Mini to go games. there and play like dodgeball or best like, catch. Tag, they will be playing tag or they something. They added tug of war this year. Yeah. Tug of war. It's like field day in elementary school. Kind of. I mean, that's. I wish they it, added some of those real ones. Like you had to push the two liter full of water with yeah. a stick and stuff. Make it full blown field day and I might be it. Or the bucket over your head. Yeah. Like I haven't paid attention to the Pro Bowl no. in years. A lot of it has been because the Chiefs have been a Super Bowl, honestly. But like still, I just. Doesn't do anything for me whatsoever. All right, next up on Watch Trending, we know on Monday it's the deadline for the Royals to publicly commit to Clay County if they want to be on the April ballot. Although, again, Clay County seems kind of like a pipe dream at this point. All the attention still on Jackson County. You might have heard us talking about this earlier as Manny Abarca was on with uh, Bob Fesco, Josh Klingler today on Fesco in the Morning, and that there's now a push for a third site, and it would be just east of the old Kansas City Star building. And so it would basically be near the crosses or would be the crossroads. It's coming three weeks before the deadline for Jackson County to put things forward for an April ballot measure. So we'll talk more in detail about this coming up a little bit later. But the fact that now it seems like there's this this other site that's truly getting attention after all the effort has been put into East Village makes no sense to me. Yeah, just a few weeks before the Jackson County deadline, too, which seems wild. Next up on Watch Training. At least one report saying that EB could be a serious contender for head coaching opening in Atlanta if they were to fire Arthur Smith. Now, some of the most recent reporting, it said they're not going to fire Arthur Smith. His name also came up with Josina Anderson a couple of days ago when mentioning the possible targets the Chargers could be looking at, including Bill Belichick and Eric Bieniemy. I hope EB gets a head coaching job because I told you from the very beginning, I thought he deserved his chance at it. 
I'm a little worried his name's just popping up because his agent's doing a really good job. Like, his agent's just getting his name out there with all these head coaching openings, and nobody's actually considering him, you know? Isn't that exactly what this Atlanta report is? This one the, stinks The, the that. reports yeah. are that Atlanta's not going to fire Arthur Smith. They also technically are still alive for a playoff chase. So for a report to come out that says EB would be high on the list if they fire the coach, well, there's no way the Falcons are putting out. And by the way, yeah, no. we would be interested in this dude if we fire the guy we haven't fired. No. The, the rumors are saying we won't fire it, clearly is coming from his agent which is doing his job okay right his yeah. agent's doing his job but still it just feels like it's i don't know just another year i just don't feel like it's going to happen for eb he's done a nice job in washington but he didn't like blow the doors off either which is the problem when you have sam howell uh lastly on what's trending the associated press uh putting out a statement today or putting out a report today i should say that the fire at uh, tyree kill's house down in miami was started by accident with a lighter by a child. Nobody was harmed, thank goodness. Uh, but it ends any speculation that, like, oh, my gosh, some somebody yeah. did this. And unfortunately, kid got a lighter. Whew, very lucky. Yeah. Very lucky. Lucky the whole house didn't burn down. Lucky everyone was safe after the fire had started, which is the best news probably out of all of that. Don't forget, by the way, that is what's trending. Don't forget, coming up Friday, January 12th, starting at 6 o'clock, we're all going to be at Cinder Block Brewery for the third annual Playoff Pilsner release party. Dusty Broadcasting Live at 6. Food truck, entire 610 staff there. It's a really fun time. And I'll tell you now, the event's been very popular the last couple packed, of years. Packed. Make sure you find yourself a spot. It's been packed the last few years. We all kind of, it's good to meet some people. We've se- I've seen some of the same faces at the previous two. And I've gotten to meet some new listeners. Plus, if you're like a single girl in your like early 30s and you thought you might want to date a sports radio host, Gold got a date at the one last year. Maybe he could go two in a row. Maybe get a date at two did in a meet row. Some, I did meet somebody at our, our last playoff Pilsner. Yeah, I was introduced to someone. We went on a couple dates. but um, Didn't work out, but that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm sure there's so many people out there that are single, thinking. Single, 30-year-old women. I'm sure there's so many right single, 30-year-old women that are saying, man, I've always been looking for a sports radio host today. <laughs> I'm sure there's so many of you out there. You're stable. Yeah. You know? Like, look at look at, look at at Alex's assets. Good looking. A- assets. Stable. He's got, like, you know, he keeps, he keeps his apartment clean from what I can tell. <laughs> Keeps his uh, car clean. We've also confirmed there is not mold in the apartment based on the testing, so we're good. <laughs> you know? Nice. So you can yeah. come over to his place. Yeah. He is ill sometimes. This yeah. year has been a tough year from a health oh, perspective for Alex. It's ridiculous. But um, so I don't know how he is as a sick person. I can't. I can't promise you that you wouldn't have to like, you know, take care of him a little. But other than that, you know, things are going great. No, we're uh, fortunately the party's next Friday, not this Friday, because by next Friday and hopefully even by like Monday. Uh, the voice should be fully back. So we should be ready to roll to start talking to people. Because nobody wants to have a conversation with someone that sounds like this. You know? Because everybody thinks you're sick. Yeah. You don't want that. Or you just have a really weird voice. <laughs> that would, If this was my permanent voice, this, I would not be on the radio. <laughs> I can tell you that. I would not be choosing radio. Text line is asking, can children come to... It's a brewery. Uh, I don't... So look, I, don't I took my kids to a brewery yeah, like literally know. over the weekend, so I'm definitely... I, I went know. to I Strange mean, I... Days Brewing. We'd have to ask Cinderblock. Like last Saturday my... with my children, so I'm not saying you can't take kids my to a brewery. My assumption is that... I don't that... Yeah, we have to check in with them. I don't, well, don't want to speak for them, you know, but... Um... Well, first thing when I go to their website, first things first, Cinderblock Brew is brewed to be enjoyed, responsible by adults. Are you over 21? Yes. Well, that's just access the website. Any alcohol, yeah, no, I they have to put that in there. Um, I don't know, but we'll find out <laughs> for you. How about that? 
Uh, I don't people know the are, people are listing other attributes for me to pitch for the playoff Pilsner beer release party. That's his own bobblehead. It's not a bobblehead, but you're it is kind of like a bobblehead. They said I can deal with wasps. Well, not really. Not really. Remember, I had a. I waited. You did eventually deal with him. It took some work. It, it basically, you got I, rid of the birds. I waited. Got an owl. Proactive. The owl didn't work. These uh, ribbons worked better to keep the birds oh, out right. of the patio area. Yeah. So someone says most breweries allow kids. Yeah, yeah I, for the I, most part, it's usually. Yeah. There like I've go. taken mine to Boulevard and stuff too. Typically, but I don't know about Center Block. So I'll have to. But yeah, uh, we'll see you guys out there next Friday night. It's gonna be a ton of fun. Looking forward to that. Uh, was it F three twenty five barbecue? Yep. Is the food truck that's gonna be there too? So. You can have a whole night, get some dinner, get some drinks, have a good time right before the Chiefs get set for a playoff weekend. And someone that we know come playoff time that typically we always would say playoff Frank, playoff Frank Clark and Chris Jones was tweeting about. He's, still t- he's been Frank tweeting Clark. about Shark for the entire he, calendar look, they're best year. Buds. They're, they're good friends. Look, I, I, the fact that Frank Clark got cut by Seattle, barely played there, hasn't done. I'm worried. No, I shouldn't be worried. I think he's washed. Yeah. Um, he's probably fun done. character. Great asset in the playoffs. But I think that ship has sailed. You think there's someone already on the roster, though, that can contribute the same way come playoff time? Uh, I do. And I think that that first off, uh, Mr. Jab on Twitch said, oh, you also have a dog. Big asset. Dog. Is that an asset? Oh, dude. So on my like, the, like fourth, the, fourth photo, no the fourth photo on my dating profile absolutely is a picture of my dog. Of yeah. course. Hello. Yes. Do you know how many people will that'll, win. that'll prompt people to start the conversation? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. A lot of dog lovers yeah, yeah, out there. Yeah. No, but so they're missing that part of like when we go back through the playoff teams, we can talk about how the offense is struggling. But there's been a couple of uh, common themes for the times the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl, and especially in the years they win it. And two of those common themes in the years they won it was Frank Clark was big. Showed up big for this team in big moments. All right, so who's his replacement? Chris Jones demands a lot of attention, double and triple teams, and everything else that's going to come his way, which oftentimes to me in the playoffs means somebody has to step up. I think it's Charles Amenehu. I've been watching him for the better part of a month now. He seems like the fresher, healthier counterpunch than what Frank Clark is now because what you're asking for is not a situational pass rusher, but a guy who, when given one-on-one opportunities can win their job, George Karloftis and Chris Jones are 10 times more likely to acquire a double team or a chip or help from the offensive line than Charles and is. And that's what happened with Frank Clark and his time in the playoffs here too. Do you have a guy on your line who can beat just his man Right in front of him occasionally. And right now, Aminahue absolutely looks that way. I think he's a big, I think he's one of the most important players in the postseason for the Chiefs because of that, just the way Frank Clark was. Not that he's one of their three best players, but he might end up being one of the five most important because of it. Well, the promising thing, Cody, he he's already playing, I think, at a playoff level the last five weeks. Go back to even the Green Bay game. I know the team lost that game, uh, but he had a sack in that game. He's had a sack against Buffalo, a sack against New England, a sack against the Raiders, and he just had a half sack against Cincinnati. So that's five games where he either had a half sack or in most cases, a full sack. And he missed the first six weeks of this season. So in 10 games, the guy has six sacks this season. Like, let, I mean, that, that, and they had him on a two-year contract. That so would suggest he'd be like an eight sack player. Yeah. And he's and, never and, been that in his NFL career. And, That'd be his best career season. And next year he's under contract still, and he's going to probably have to be an even bigger part. So I hear you that he could be like this X factor. If you will, I would argue that like he's already starting to be that for this team. Uh, in the final five or six weeks of the regular season. And I, I doubt he's really going to play much on Sunday. Um, but come playoff time, yeah, he's, he's, he's impactful, man. Like, he, he gets after the quarterback. When Chris Jones is drawing all that attention, Charles Amanehu, George Karloftis, those are the two guys that have to step up. I think there's a pretty good chance, just based on the way they've played this year, that at least, let's say, the first two playoff games. Let's not play this all out like they're getting three or four. They might, but let's just say if they play in two playoff games. In order to win one of those, 
One of them is going to come down to the defense making the stop because that's been required multiple times this year. And specifically, it's going to require somebody being able to end a drive based on a sack. Whether that be at the end of the half as the team's going down or in the third quarter as they're trying to extend it to a two-score lead so the Chiefs can't come back, or it's just the fourth quarter and the team's trying to drive on you and go for the game-winning touchdown. They're going to need that Frank Clark sack that he put up for Kansas City a lot where somebody takes the quarterback down late. And I know it'd be easy to just be like, well, that's just going to be Jones or it's going to be Karloftis who has 10 and a half sacks. I understand why those are the logical contenders, but in the playoffs, it tends to be that, like for the Chiefs over these two years, it's been that third guy, the secret voice, who shows up because the other two guys might be doing the heavy lifting. I'm not saying they're not helping Aminahieu get the sacks, but it's who can close the deal. And right now, Aminahieu is showing a very strong ability to do that. Not to mention, he's doing what Dunlap was doing last year, too. He's knocking down a lot of passes at the line of scrimmage. So that part of their defense that, is that, big, That's big just too. something that they, between Spags really and their defense, Joe Colt, like that's just something that they have taught for a while. I mean, they've they've been a really good, I mean, Carlos Dunlap had been it throughout his entire career. And I wonder if like he passed that on a little bit to some of these younger players. I know many he wasn't with Dunlap last year, but talking about Carl Loftus and, and some of the other guys that were in the system a year ago, if that's something they kind of learned from him, because yeah, that, that's still such an effective thing to be able to do. If you're not going to get the sack, get your hands up, you bat down a pass. I mean, in some situations, it's some of the biggest plays of the game when all of a sudden, you know, you're, you got a guy open down the field and you're able to do that. So no, I, I think we've all been impressed with what a mini has done the last couple of weeks. And they're going to certainly need that to continue and no reason to believe it can. I mean, he's on a nice five or six week run right now. Yeah, he is. He looks to be one of the better defensive players for the team, which is massive. All 32. I'll get us started with this one. There's a, a conspiracy out there around the NFL. What a mini this year, right? I mean, we, we're not even talking about refereeing or anything like NFL that. All fans love a good conspiracy. Absolutely, right? It's scripted, all of that kind of stuff, right? The latest has to do with the Super Bowl logo. Oh, I've seen this, yeah. Yeah, and this is this is something that's come up for a couple of years. Uh, multiple people have pointed out the last two Super Bowl logos had colors that were predominantly matching the teams that ended up playing in the game. So go back to the Bengals Rams Super Bowl. The colors were orange and yellow. Obviously, those are the colors of both Cincinnati and the Rams. Last year, we all know the Chiefs. Red and green with the Eagles and Chiefs. You take a look at that logo. Go Google that one. Had that color scheme. So this year, it's got like a purple and red hue to it. So out in Las Vegas. And- so the most popular based on that would be Ravens and Niners. So they also just happen to be the, the number two one best teams, two best the teams. But people are saying is this is this is the conspiracy theory is oh the Super Bowl logo is just setting up who they've scripted out to win each year. But the Niners and Ravens would match that trend again for a, like a third straight year or something like that. Uh, the Bucks or Ravens would also fit this. The Falcons or Ravens would fit it. Don't think so. Vikings or Chiefs would fit it. Don't think so. Vikings and Texans also don't believe so. So the Ravens, Vikings and Texans, that's going to be the least likely Super Bowl matchup of all time if that's what the two teams. I mean, both could be playoff teams Nick, still. Nick but Ravens, Ravens and Niners are, is the favorite matchup right now, and the color scheme fits. I bring this up to say it's fun to talk about, but let's not be stupid. <laughs> this seems a little too deep. Yeah. I don't know. Like, this feels like the... Uh... I still hate that the logos always look the same now. It's awful. It's just a Roman numeral. Yeah. I love back in the 90s where you had the huge, like, 90s graphics for it. Now it's just boring. They all look exactly the They've same. They've started to add a little lame. bit of color to them. Because, again, for a little while, they went strictly just, like, straight numerals. Now they've started to add a little color back to them. But, yeah, it's boring. 
It's not nearly as good. This feels like one of those things you'd have to have been high to create. Like the same person who's like, start the, you know, dark side of the moon right at the second lion roar while watching the Wizard of Oz. Like, there's just a certain amount of, like, in the weeds you gotta be in order to get there. Look, there's gonna be a lot of coaching vacancies this year, just like there are in any given year, five, six, seven openings. One could be the Raiders. Devontae Adams, who obviously is one of the league's best wide receivers, is standing up for his guy, Antonio Pierce, who's done a nice job for the Raiders. That's what he had to say about this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously who I wanted. That's that's my vote, and I've, I've been vocal about that, and that's, um, you know, that's that's basically how the whole locker room feels, and, you know, with good reason. I mean, he's coming in and done, done a great job, and, you know, he's continued to, to win us over. It's not just the, the comfortable thing. I think um, having AP here will, will be uh, – you know, it'll be good for this this organization. He's he kind of embodies what it means to be a Raider and that mentality, that swag, and you know all the things that he endorses is is the things that I believe in. So um, it's easy for a guy like me, especially having dealt with him a little bit this year now and gotten to know him and see his evolution. You know, in front of the team and you know all those things, all the all the different fields of, of being a head coach. So definitely, definitely um, rooting for him. Please, please go ahead. Hi, Antonio Pierce. I'm not denying a lot of the things he said about he's done a nice job, but this is one of those things that we talked about with like Bill Belichick as a GM or Andy Reid. Like, um, there's a reason why your job is to be a player and it's somebody else's job to find the correct head coach. I understand you're all sitting there like, we're having a good old time. We like our boy Antonio Pierce because he's likable. That doesn't mean he's the right hire. Can you name, like we've gone through these lists before. It is very rare that an interim head coach We'll stay with that team and then have success, continued success going forward. They got to start over at quarterback. They got to start over on defense. They got to shed salary. They have to redo a lot of their organization. I feel like if Antonio Pierce keeps the job, then we're all just being like, well, dead man walking. I'm not going to have to worry about the Raiders until they have a different head coach, different quarterback, different everything. So I think typically hiring the interim coach is a mistake. Um, because, yeah, everybody in the locker room loves the guy, which, by the way, that's not a bad because thing. Because they hated the other guy. But, yeah. Especially and, in this case. Are you kidding? But I, I would say, though, in this case, with this franchise, I actually think it makes more sense than in other situations because, one, yes, he clearly has the locker room. Um, his style, if you will, quote-unquote, fits the Raider way. They also did not hire the interim guy the last go-around in Basaccia. And that instead, was the right choice. Uh, well, I'm not so sure it was. They hired they hired Josh McDaniel right well, no. after. They can both be they can be right and ro- they were wrong about McDaniel's. They just should have also not hired Bisaccia. No, my point is, I don't believe that organization can be trusted to find the right head coach candidate That's anyway. Um, typically, though, yes, I'm anti hiring the interim head coach. We saw it play out here in Kansas City many many years ago. Romeo Cornell, players loved him. He won one big game against the Packers and all of a sudden got hired. Uh, it was a disaster, absolute disaster. So I'll be curious what the Raiders do, but uh, they're not great at evaluating outside candidates anyway. Yeah, no, they're not. Uh, I, I, it might just be because we're in Kansas City, guys, but the Philadelphia Eagles are a complete mess, and it's all the way around. A.J. Brown's getting asked about uh, Nick Sirianni and, and all this other stuff. There's some drama there. Him going on the sidelines, getting mad at Jalen Hurts. The defense, let me give you some numbers. Since week 13, the Philadelphia Eagles are 31st in points per game. Allow they allow 31 points per game since week 13. Uh, they're 29th in the NFL in yards allowed per game. They're one in four over that span. Third down percentage, they allow 49% conversion rate on third downs to other teams, and they allow 75% of red zone appearances for the other team to score. Cardinals scored all four of their possessions in the second half of last week's upset. 
touchdowns in, in the second half for them. So I don't know what's going on. And I, I there's a worse situation, I think, than what's going on here, believe it or not. And it's Philadelphia, I, I think, just because they're a mess in all facets, not just in one little area. Well, their defense is awful. It's 29th uh, in the NFL. It's points you, know, as much as, you know, we talk about the Chiefs and their offensive issues. Yeah, it's. The Chiefs aren't the 28th best offense. The, the Eagles no. are the 29th worst defense, and their offense hasn't been as dynamic. Jalen Hurts, I still think we're going to find out at the end of the year that he's been dealing with an injury. It's weird. They they have the sixth best Super Bowl odds, the Eagles do. They're 12-1. to 1. The Chiefs are tied for the fifth best at 950 with Buffalo. They have the same odds. And then the Dolphins are actually behind the Eagles, which is kind of funny. The Dolphins, who could still be the two seed, have worse odds. Than, Nobody believes in them. Yeah, but it's kind of weird. Like that, It's kind of nuts, right? Yeah, it They're is. banged up right now. That's part of the problem. They just lost Bradley Chubb. What's surprising about this, is, and Philly's hurt too, but, I mean, that is a massive drop-off defensively. They're one of the five best defenses in the league last year. They led the entire NFL in sacks, and now they stink? Yeah. Like, it's one thing to fall off a little bit, but now they stink. This is a whole other thing that, like, just my general belief in the NFL. This is why whenever you're talking about, like, the teams that are going to compete against the Chiefs for a while, never believe in defensive teams, dude. It fades so fast defensively. As much as I love that the Chiefs' defense is playing really well right now, and, hell, maybe it'll help them win a Super Bowl. In the long run, I'd rather build an elite offense again than elite defense because elite defense goes away like that. I mean, it just overnight sometimes just disappears into the ether. You can have a two-, three-, four-year run, but if you have an elite-level quarterback, obviously you can maintain great offense for a decade, 15 years, whatever. They are um, they are just as big. They're probably a bigger mess than the Chiefs, but also they might just feel like a bigger mess than the Chiefs because – Philly's market in that department's a little bit different. Is, People are going to talk more. They're going to be more critical. They're going to go after the players more. They They're going to hear more of that. It's just different. They also did make some staff changes in season. You know, they, yeah, they, 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 promote, they promoted Matt Patricia, <laughs> who was an offensive mind a year ago, and now is suddenly a defensive mind as well. As a, I, I mean, I we should talk about the Bills, too, by the way. They fired their offensive coordinator in the middle of the yeah, year. It's uh, just worked in their favor, though. Well, Joe Brady. Well, you just said, maybe. Well, they're better than they were. They're just not as great as everybody thinks they are. Yeah. The, the, you know, better, the way but it's still everybody's like acting offense. like Joe Brady turned them into a top five offense. The numbers suggest otherwise, but still better than Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey refused to use James Cook. That was clearly a mistake. Right? You know what I mean? Like, that was clearly a mistake. Clearly, but, his first problem was throwing a giant hissy fit. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. That Drew, was you the were beginning of his undoing. Drew wasn't on the show yet. Last year in the – or was it, yeah, it was last year, right? I last saw year. the video, but – In the video – I'm we, just we, done we with, like, video. coaches acting like Cody, man Cody, children. Cody hated that video, and he thought it basically was embarrassing and all this kind of stuff. Yes. And, and I He's said, like, this is how football coaches act. I'm like, grow up. I, and I said I didn't have a problem with the video. And he was like – he's just like, we got to stop allowing him to behave like that. I'm like, the dude threw a tablet up in the air. It's okay. He, like, rage quitted us essentially is what he did. He, yeah. he, he Dude, was, that was a full-blown hissy. Yeah. I mean, well, he, of course I mean, he was upset. I'm just saying, I didn't, I didn't think and, it was a... You know what might have actually gotten him is when they, they scored that game-winning touchdown, and he just didn't look like he cared. <laughs> this year, <laughs> remember they went to the booth, and everyone's like, yeah, everyone's celebrating. He just standing like this. Like, like stoic, yeah. Like maybe they called off his play like or something. Ne- neutered dog or something. Dude, it's, like, it's like what they did to the poor guy. Yeah, that was just one of those Goodness. situations that had clearly gone... Josh Allen audibled, and it worked out for him. Yeah. yeah, and then he seemed like sad about it. Like yeah. he seemed frustrated that Josh Allen audible out of it, and it whatever worked. it was. Yeah. Oh boy, little old that's all thirty-two in the NFL. We'll get a national perspective on uh, all these teams and what the Chiefs should be rooting for on Sunday from Matt Verderam over at Sports Illustrated. That's next right here on Cody and Gold. All right, back here on Cody and Gold. Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Drew Nixon with you. We'll get to the random question of the day here in about 15 
minutes or so. Tomorrow on the show, a little Club 610 Friday. Don't forget that. Presented by Jay Rieger and Co. We'll find out what the cocktail of the day is. Just confirmed one of our guests, at least, Aaron Ladd from 41. Going to be in studio. It's been a bit since we had Aaron on the show. Yeah, a little bit. I believe I'm going to be going uh, champagne-based. New Year's, you know? Oh, after New Year's champagne. Yeah. We didn't have, yeah, we weren't on the air. We didn't have a New Year's Eve show, so we got to do. Okay. Oh, that works. We got to ring in the New Year different. That's fine. That works. Now, remember, the, the bar was set very high. On prior champagne. Because <laughs> we had Dom. Well, I'm we not buying a bottle of Dom. Dom Perion uh, for Club 6. This is going to be a mixed drink, so don't be surprised if it's like Andre's or something I pick up okay. later. Okay. I might yeah, go you don't like, want to waste Dom on a mixed drink anyway. God, no. That'd be a terrible decision. Are we going to put that up in the Coding Gold Garage Sale? I feel like I need to get it signed by Jordan Lyles to be up for the Coding Gold Garage Sale. I don't know. If we, if we can get him to sign it. If we can get him to sign it, then I think it, it becomes an item. All right. Let's go out to the 6 and Hotline. Welcome in. Our guy from Sports Illustrated, Matt Verderam. Matt, I just got an email. I'm sure you can just get us into this party. I, I got an email officially, Sports Illustrated, the party for Super Bowl weekend. I know you have all kinds of poll, so I'm sure you'll have a VIP table for Cody, Drew, and I. Ready to go. Yeah, whatever you need. Um, Perfect. I'll make a call to people that I don't even know exist, and we'll get it done. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm, It's like I, one of those, like, hey, man, do you know this guy who works here? Like, There's like 20,000 people here. No, I don't. I Honestly... I don't even know where it is, what day it is. I don't even know if I'll be there. Like, I know I'm at the Senior Bowl. I know I'm at the Combine. I know I'm credentialed to the Super Bowl. I have no idea. No clue. So, this is one of those things you just kind of put your head down. If they invite you, great. If not, like, whatever. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, what's the story always with ESPN, like the ESPYs, and, like, there's only, like, ten, like six people on air that get invited to the ESPYs. It's like the rest of the yeah. employees don't get to go anyway. Yeah, I, I, I hate to you know be honest with myself, but I don't think when they were putting together the guest list for that, they're like, wait a minute, we've got to make sure Matt Verderham. You were right after like Gronk, you're just like one step yeah. down. Yeah, I was probably somewhere between like 300th and like 9,000 on the list. So, um, you know, I'm sure I'm I'm the reason people are going to go. It's huge. Matt, yeah. How do you think? Like, we're looking at the playoff field, and we play the game here in Kansas City, just like every team plays, which is. Who do you want the Chiefs to face? Steelers, obvious answer, if given a choice. But really, we were yes. bouncing between Dolphins and Bills. But what I'm more curious about is what do other teams say about the Chiefs? Because, like, I heard a clip from Stu Gotch yesterday where he was like, eh, they can come here, it's fine. Do other teams fear Chiefs the way they do in previous years out of just, like, pure respect at the very least? Let's put it this way. I think people look at the Chiefs as more vulnerable than in years past because they are. I also think nobody's lining up to see them in a playoff game. I mean, you're still talking about Andy Reid, who's going to walk into Canton five years after he retires. You're talking about Patrick Mahomes, who might they might waive the voting period for him when after he retires. There's Travis Kelsey, who even with what is a down year for him, if he plays at all against the Chargers, probably in crack a thousand yards. And then there's Rice and Pacheco and a top three defense. I don't think there are teams that are just like, you know who we want to have come in our building? That team. I think they'd much rather face Miami, much rather face Cleveland, even though I think Cleveland has earned respect. Um, anybody out of the AFC South. The Bills and the Chiefs, to me, are on their own tier. They're teams that could lose to anybody, and they're teams that could go to the Super Bowl, and I don't know necessarily from a national perspective that would shock a whole lot of people either way. When you look at these teams this weekend and what they have to play for and, and the implications that it has, I mean, do you, out of these teams that are currently in the playoff field or fringe, like how much of an impact does it have on 
some of these coaching situations. I know back when the McDermott comments came out about the, the whole 9-11 stuff, everybody thought, yeah. oh, this is it. But they've also now won a bunch of football games and they might make the playoffs. Is he safe? Is our guys that are fringe playoff teams uh, going to be, you know, looking at different job opportunities? I'm talking about like in the, a- the NFC South even, where you could have a team like Tampa win the division. Everybody thought Todd Bowles was going to get fired. Right. I, I think in the NFC um, – if Tampa were to lose to Carolina, that might be enough to get him fired in that spot. Um, but I think he's back. Dennis Allen, if the Saints still get in the playoffs, he's, I would think he's gone. Um, they are unlikely to get in. They, they have a few different paths, but none of them are very likely. Pete Carroll's safe. Um, LaFleur is safe. Ever Flus, obviously, like, they're not going to make the playoffs anyway, but he's done enough to be safe in Chicago. Um O'Connell safe in Minnesota. I think it's a miracle that team's even in competition for the playoffs considering all their injuries. Um, so I, I think probably Dennis Allen's the only one on the fringe there. You know, there's been talk around, you know, league circles with Sirianni and Philly and what's gone on there. I can't imagine he's on the hot seat. I, I know that, that they've really collapsed, but like they just went to the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. I, I just can't see that, even though I think there is some thought like, hey, this thing's gone downhill so fast and it's Philadelphia. Um, in the AFC, McDermott's the one you look at and go, well, what would happen? I don't think he's getting fired. I mean, if they go to Miami and they lose by like 40 points or something, then maybe. But, if, you know, if they go down there and they lose, it's bad. And you're going to have a lot of people locally calling for his head. But I, I don't think that he would be fired. When you look at the Baltimore Ravens, I kind of want to go back to that side of it. How do you view Lamar Jackson as a playoff quarterback? Is this because, like, the positive people matter going to be like, Hey, Peyton Manning struggled his first few times out, you know, so one in three with like 150 yards a game, it ain't all that bad. And then on my side, it's like, if he has an early exit again this year, they lose and that divisional yeah. round. Hell, I think maybe if he even was in the championship game, considering they got the best team, he's going to be sidled with can't win in the playoffs. And, and he should be, frankly, if they don't, win. I mean, you could say it's unfair, but that's the NFL. I mean, that's the history of the NFL. Guys get that label. Now, I think there are other circumstances in past years that have kind of cost them games as well, but let's be real. He has not played well in the playoffs, period. I mean, there is no other way around that. He has had, even the game they won in Tennessee a couple of years ago, he was not great in that football game. I mean, they won that game largely because of their defense, and that's fine. They won. Um, I think, look, he's going to be the MVP. If I voted, he'd have my vote. I think he deserves to be. Um, he's been spectacular. The, the reality is they've, again, if not the best defense in football, right there with Kansas City and Cleveland, top three, top four. So they're excellent. Um, he has some weapons this year, although they are beat up with, with Andrews and, and Mitchell Hurt. Um, but, yeah, I think this is this has kind of got to be the year they go to the Super Bowl. Like, I think if they go to the Super Bowl and they play the Niners and they lose or something, I don't think anybody's going to really kill them for that. They got to get there. Like if Buffalo or Kansas City or Cleveland, could you imagine if Flacco goes in there and beats them? Unbelievable. What that would be like? Like I, if, but if they lose in the AFC playoffs, oh yeah. I mean, you're going to have a lot of that, and and I think fair enough. Help me figure out, Matt, the Jaguars, because everybody kind of loved Trevor Lawrence heading into the season as a dark horse MVP candidate. There were plenty of times where he didn't play at a high level. And then when he started to play well, he got hurt. He's still not healthy yet. Jacksonville could win on, on this, this Sunday and still win the AFC South. What What's kind of gone wrong there? I mean, Trevor Lawrence is not a bad quarterback, but are we finding out that like, okay, the, the, the days of him being a top five quarterback or the hope of him being a top five quarterback, is that done? 
uh, the hope's done, but he's not a top five quarterback right now. I, I didn't think necessarily was last year, although I did think he was very good last year. I thought he was in the top eight or nine this year. I think he's probably around top ten. Um, you know, you want to get anywhere from depending on how you view him, you know, somewhere like eight to twelve. Look, the reality is for them, they are a sieve defensively. They can't stop any. I mean, any team that can throw the ball is going to throw the ball all over them. They just can't stop anybody. Josh Allen has had an unbelievable year under the radar nationally. He's been great. Nobody else has done anything on that defense worth noting. I mean, they just can't. They can't generate pressure outside of Allen. They they struggle to cover. I mean, there are huge gaps in their defense when you watch them. Offensively, ETN has been good, not great this year. I think they need a little more out of him. The offensive line has been shuffled around a lot. They've been beat up. Um, and then, that look, the last couple of weeks have been without Christian Kirk. That's a huge deal. So some of it's been injury. Some of it's been a little bit of underperformance, I think, offensively. And some of it has been the offense has to score constantly because the defense just can't get off the field. So um, I, I believe by the time we get to the divisional round, there will not be an AFC South team still standing. I think they'll all be wiped out. Stepping away from the actual teams themselves, I was just thinking more about the playoffs and whether or not any kind of big moment could change the way the league's been doing the refereeing. If they cost like a massive playoff game, is that enough for the NFL to start employing these changes? Because just this last week, I could not believe, Matt, that they chose instead of just taking blame one time to send out a video being like, it's the Lions' fault. We screwed up. And that the the, the six-foot-five guy standing in front of me was not, you know, like they screwed up, not us. Like part of me thinks that they're just never going to fix it. It doesn't matter if it costs an NFC title game. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm actually working currently on a piece going out for next week for Sports Illustrated where I talk to a bunch of people inside the league. I mean, coaches, GMs, players, like, like people who are currently dealing with this situation day in, day out, affecting their job security. I asked them two questions. One, if you had the power to change one thing about officiating, what would you do? And two, what is most frustrating about the current state of officiating? And without delving into the whole thing, because I'd like people to maybe go and read it, the idea is essentially, look, the consistency is just brutal. I mean, it's just brutal. There's no week-to-week, game-to-game, sometimes talking to some of these people, even within, within games, it's just all over the place. And I think there is an appetite with a lot of both coaches and players for a sky judge who can essentially come in, if people are familiar with, with hockey or you know, if they watch soccer, there is a very quick and effective replay system. Like if hockey, something goes wrong, they go to Toronto immediately. And they figure it out. And there's a command control room, and they get it done. And hockey does a phenomenal job of it. And in football, it's just a lot of Keystone cops. Like, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. I also think personally, and this is my opinion, the rule book is way too convoluted. There's way too much going on. I mean, when we were all kids, if you caught the ball, you caught the ball. Now, did you catch the ball? Did you take three steps? Did you accept it into your heart? Did you make a football? I mean, it's just like, look, did he catch the football or did he not? Then you get into the whole stuff about rocking the passer. I think they really need to make these officials full-time. I think they need to, to simplify some of these rules. And I think they really need to start with, hey, look, if you grade out as one of the worst two crews in the league, you're fired. That's it. And you bring somebody else in to do a better job. Because year after year, we see the same crews, which in some cases is good news. In some cases, it's a tire fire, and you know it's a tire fire, and you deal with it every year. No, I think it's well said. I mean, the the Sky Judge, I would wonder if the same lack of accountability from their peers 
if you had a sky judge, would we still have the same problem, though? Would anybody, like, truly be willing, let's say, in New York, as we say with baseball, like, would anybody in New right. York be willing to overturn the official and make them look bad? Like, that, I still wonder if they that let would... let me do it. I'll do it. I'm fine. I'm fine to overturn whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you almost, though, if you do that, it can't be a bunch of ex-officials in there. Mm-hmm, exactly. Like, it's got to be people, like, put in a mix of people who are qualified and educated and have gone through whatever training program you got to put them through. But like, you know, and then by the way, from my understanding, there has been like, this has not been a problem of getting acceptance from players and coaches and GMs and executives. Like the NFL just won't do it, which to me is nuts. I mean, at some point here, God knows it's not a financial question, do it. And I think, you know, you're look, the bigger problem that we all know is more and more and more and more people are gambling. People can legally gamble. You can gamble from your phone now. I mean, it's different than 25 years ago where, look, if you weren't in Vegas or Atlantic City, you couldn't legally bet on a game. You can now. And you can do it constantly and from anywhere just about in the United States. More money's riding on every call than ever before. And, look, you know, the officiating, by the way, I will say, the officiating's been horrible forever. The only difference now is you have Sunday ticket and you have red zone and everybody sees everything. And even if you don't have that, you have social media. And you see these things from 900 angles. Go back and do what I do as a nerd. Go watch a game on YouTube from 1990. The officiating's hideous. But you just didn't see those games all the time because they're all regionally televised. Now you're just, and rightfully so, there's more, there's more uh, you know, scrutiny on every call. No, no doubt. Hey, Matt, appreciate it as always, man. Uh, we'll be waiting for the invite to the SI party in Vegas. Thank you. So will I. Take care. Matt <laughs> Ram, Sports Illustrated, the SI party. Man, uh, I'm that, just worried it's going to big... cost a massive playoff game, man. It could. I mean, by the way, we've already seen I mean, we, we It already changed the yeah. NFC playoff picture. Well, no, I mean, the Lions uh, could be in line for the well, two this, right now. This year, but I'm even saying like a couple years ago, the whole Saints uh, oh, yeah. P- D- DPI thing, right? That was, yep. what, within the last five, seven years or whatever? Less than that, maybe. The, the idea of the Sky Judge I've always liked. I just, again, it requires you having people in there that are willing to actually overturn a call and quote unquote, make an official look bad. I do also agree with Matt though, that fishing has always sucked in every sport. Nobody ever, have you ever seen anybody been like, you know what, man, the officials are so damn good. Have you ever in your life seen that? Whether it was 30 years ago or no, five but, years ago. No, but baseball is like and, a and, half a step away. The second they go electronic strike yeah, zone, we, we're we, done we, here. They, they're out of the damn way. Right. But we like, obviously in football, you can't go, you can have technology elements that assist we you. Stop right? having chain game. Move. Yeah. yeah. No, that kind of Dear. stuff is unacceptable to not have that fixed by now. That this is crazy. I just like, um, that's the whole college football thing. It's like, let's say the player reporting eligible with the technology, you know what you could do? Every single person could have a, a microphone in their heads. Oh, problem solved. And then, and then they could have to just report it digitally. And then their heads would be like, 68 is eligible. We can just move on with our lives and eliminate. Cause like that's part yeah. of it. If it is too complicated, like Matt Verderam is saying, take some of this nonsense off of their plate. That's what he says. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Know, don't make them mess around with physically talking to a player to declare eligible. Make them just press a button. I don't care. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah, the only problem with that, like again, that whole circumstance was a, a disaster by the officials, but also the Lions were trying to confuse yeah, the were. Cowboys. So, like, in your scenario, that wouldn't even be in play anymore, right? Right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, what are you going to have? A, you, there, look, there, I know. there is never a perfect solution. There's certainly a, a – uh, it can be better. It can certainly be better. The technology should be utilized. But as you know also, like, you know, people get nervous with technology too, right? You mentioned this hypothetical button even, right, uh, for, for eligible. 
My button, it, it, the button's not working. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. It's can been happen. hacked. You know, yeah. I didn't press it. I didn't. What do you mean? We, we, he never pressed the button. You know what I mean? Like there's always crap like that would come up, but there's some basic stuff. Like the chain gang thing is the most obvious one. Like how the hell do we not have, how do we not have, Hey, it's the first down laser sponsored by Bud Light. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like how have they not figured I, this out? I always laugh just because like, you just think about how much money in it. And like, so the guy will get tackled near the sideline. And the guy will just like place it real quick, and it'll just kind of move it around where. And you see <laughs> right. him like move it back and forth, and just kind of set it down. That's crazy. And then he'll underhand toss it across the field, and then that guy's also supposed to guess yeah. where the hell but he was what, standing. It's such. It's actually kind of crazy how often so they. Silly. It's actually kind of crazy how often they get it right with the spotting the ball because I'm like, how the hell did you spot? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. it's just. It's guessing. Yeah, it, it's just kind of crazy. All right, let's get to it. Random question. For you, Gold. For you, Drew. Over the text line, 913-586-7610. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook. We stream the show four hours every day. We're sticking out some content there as well if you want to check it out. Um, so we'll take your questions there as well. We try to monitor the streams. Question I have for you today is something we were discussing before the show. It was announced today that on Monday they will have greater details for the upcoming EA Sports College football game, which has been highly anticipated Originally, it was supposed to come out last year, but will come out later this year. And they're saying on Monday, they're going to have more information yes, about what that give me a trailer. Like. The question I have for you is, upon finding out this morning that this will only play on the two newest systems for each PlayStation and Xbox, are you willing to buy a brand new video game system for a single game? That's the question I have for you today, because I think a lot of people are going to be facing that. I would also like to play the NCAA football game. I don't play my Xbox all that often now. So I'm supposed to then buy a brand new Xbox or PlayStation just to play the game. I may just not play the new college football game. What choice yeah, do I Yeah, I mean, a lot of people would choose that. Look, I have an Xbox One, but it's not the version that apparently will be required for this. And we looked it up, and yeah, it's like you could probably get one uh, for around $200 used or something like that. Plus, the game's going to be 70 So you're talking about a $270 investment essentially for this one game. I only play my Xbox occasionally. If I'm bored, I'll hop on Madden and play Mine's some, an Xbox one as well. play some kid online that whoops my ass now because I don't play it enough or whatever. <laughs> Do like, they trash out? you just getting trashed oh, out some, by 12-year-olds? There's God, sometimes where so I, I, I don't have a headset connected, but you can hear their voice through the TV, you know, like – that's how, like, if they're if they have a headset on, and oh, it'll yeah. be some. You can tell it's like a it's a, it's a little kid because the <laughs> voice is high pitched and he's talking trash, like cursing, talking trash, like stuff that I can't say on the radio right now. Like it's unbelievable. Someone says it just did bought a PS5 for the new Grand Theft Auto. Um, Someone says I, if it plays like Madden, no chance. They're yeah, like, I'm gonna find out it's a Madden clone. If yeah. not, I'm gonna absolutely I, fire it into the sun. I just want it for the dynasty mode. That that's why I want the instability. Like I don't even you need want to, to play take on Kansas the, football to the or, college well, football playoff. Yeah, like now that's not even that unrealistic. You know, I want to take the the school that actually sucks, like Sam Houston State. Sure. Yeah. Why wouldn't you still want to do your alma mater? I will. I, I think you would, but I, I according to because I. I, I loved playing this game growing up. We already, I actually already have a PS five, so I'm, well, look at I, you. I'm good to go. Wait, when did but, you get, Oh, ooh, la la. Uh, yeah, this is, is this a Christmas gift this year? No, this is tax return is money from last year. Oh, fuck. <laughs> good for you. There you go. I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be totally honest. Hey, it is, no, hey man, you get go, that back and you, you. you know what? Can't, couldn't afford it before. Hey, can now it's your money. Do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> go for okay. it. Apparently so he's good to go, but would you yes. have bought a new system? No, if not, no way. It's tough, man. Yeah. For, I feel like I need to play video games more. So, like, I play the Switch with my kids sometimes because they ask me to play, like, Super Mario Wonder with them or whatever. 
So I occasionally play the Switch now. I'm probably playing more video games in the last six months than I had in the previous couple of years because now they're into them and asking you to play the games. But they're not asking to play Xbox. I, I can promise you that my five-year-old's not asking to play NCAA college football. So, like, if I'm buying that system, it's just for me. I don't feel like I can justify it. I think at this, uh. I think at my current age, I'm in the, if I want to play those games down the road, I just got to wait out till my kids are interested in the next-gen yeah. console yeah, yeah, yeah. because then there's, like, a justification for the console already existing. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe the used version of the system will be a little bit cheaper by the time. You know, it's coming out so. in July, right? So maybe you can get one for 100 and something, but a little bit cheaper. Um, but I, college football video game, we've all been waiting for a very long time. It all and the game stopped itself, because what, 70, 80 bucks? All, now with NIL, it's possible, right? The players will get, even if they're not happy with the the, the, the dollar amount, they'll get something. I think it's uh, five. For, I think five hundred dollars yeah, is they'll, the. They'll get something for their likeness. They'll get something for their likeness, and so it allows the game to happen. That's been the holdup for many, many, many. I think years. it's still up to the player. The players technically can deny it too, and then they, they just won't be in the game. But I, I don't see why you would deny yeah. five hundred dollars for you to be in a video game that a yeah. lot of these people probably played when they were growing up. Yeah, you know? yeah. Someone says, "What makes it NCAA better than Madden?" Well, some people just one. Some people just like college football better. Would but. I think it's the dynasty aspect of it. Like it's yeah. pretty recruiting. Cool. It's, it's just a yeah. slightly yeah. different. And it'll be yeah. you know back when it was NCAA fourteen. It was back in the BCS days. Like this will be the first one where you're like, oh, you have a twelve team playoff, and so you can. It's, it's kind of fun. It's different. Apparently, they'll have the portal in there as Got well. Got multiple people willing to kick your ass on Madden. Tonight. Someone, I, I, I messaged someone back my gamer tag. If you wanna, if you wanna play me a Madden tonight, I'm not very good anymore. I used to be very. We've your gamer tag would suggest you're better. You're right. using a pun on your own name. Oh, yeah. Good uh, as good as you create that thing. You're way too old to be having a pun on your name for your that gamer tag. That was a gamer tag I've had for a very long time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That feels like the one you would have made when you were like 15. Yeah, not, that's an old one. Like if if you just like popped onto an Xbox might, for the first time at 33 and you made yours, I'd make fun of you. It's for mine. That. One I might have since the Xbox 360 days. So I was in high school, you know, okay. junior high, high school at the time. Reasonable. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, I, I used to be very, very good at Madden. Not so much. I don't play it enough. And now, like, people, like, yeah. Anyway, I'll still play you online. I do want a trailer, though, a on Monday. I, I don't I don't want information. I want to see what you're cooking with. You want to see what the game I plays like? I want to see a trailer, yes. New information is fine, I guess. But I want to see God, I did love actual footage. Auto in the day. Oh, Grand Theft Auto. Yes. Who, who do you guys the think's on the cover? Looks oh, the cover? I does, that guy, does that player get more money? He I should. Michael Penix Jr.? I think Penix has to be on the cover. Right? Just, to? just the way that he's played. They're, they're in the Harrison final. Jr. Yeah, yeah it could be whoever wins the title, right? I mean, it could be a player for it, you. know, Whatever team wins Blake on Monday Quorum. night. Yeah, it could be the, a player from the winning team. I mean, you team. can't put J.J. McCarthy on there. Yeah, Come on, let's, let's get a little more heat than that. Put Jim Harbaugh on the cover <laughs> before he leaves. No. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question on who. Yeah, Cody. I, apparently, uh, the Grand Theft Auto game. Somebody did a a a comp video. It is only situations that have happened in Florida. Like there, it literally there's a side by side of the game and then real life. And so they, they just copied they, they, they Florida. They are taking man? things from Florida. Yes. Kudos. Honestly, um, that makes sense. I've got no issue with that. Well, Monday, I guess maybe we'll have more to talk about. Maybe there'll be, uh, you know. Maybe. So Maybe you'll get a preview uh, video. Stallion. Hunter Stallions on the cover. Did you see he was at the Rose Bowl? Yeah, it was what? Yeah, uh, and a former stands? Michigan player took a photo of him. I couldn't believe this that. guy. Uh, yeah, unbelievable is the right word to use uh, for for that whole situation. And then JJ McCarthy said that eighty uh, percent of teams uh, 
cheat. They, they, they look at film or they, they, they get video footage early and everything like now that. Now we got the best idea from the 816. Put the Pop-Tart mascot on the cover. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah, it'll be the first video game with Pop-Tart Bowl in it. I was very disappointed. You know how, like, you were sad when you were gone when Chiefs of Holocaust cop? I was a little disappointed I wasn't on the air after the Pop-Tart Bowl. <laughs> I could have spent two hours on this show diagnosing... <laughs> The absolute media win that was the Pop Tarts Bowl. Yeah, the PR but staff local did. Team got to play it. Someone said that they, that that character needs to be. You need to play him in the mascot game. You know, where they have the yeah. mascot oh, games. Yeah, yeah. Put put him in there. Put the cheese it guy, the cheese it mascot in there. They should. The bull mascots as well should be part of the bull oh, yeah. mascot game. Absolutely. Yeah, that was very successful for for Pop Tarts. They did a phenomenal job. Whoever was fully in charge of marketing deserves a raise. Dude, it was incredible. It was Such a spot win. on. Everything they needed to do. Yep. Everything was perfect. All right, coming up next, we get to the 1 o'clock hour. It is a snitch line Thursday. It's been a oh. bit since we've done that. 913-586-7610. And the latest with the Royal Stadium, including a, a newer site that's being discussed.